Welcome to the ESPN AOTKP, the best and newest sports, best and newest in sports sports network. Today we are coming to you live at the 10th annual professional thumb wars competition. I'll hand it to these amazing athletes. They have been training for months and today is the big event. Hands down, this is the best of the best in thumb war competitive sports taking place here in sunny Florida. The joints are jumping on a beautiful Sunday day surrounded by beautiful palm trees. The first match today is Stephen Flange versus Robert Pinky Knuckles. Two evenly matched gladiators in the sport of thumb wars. This is going to be a real nail biter. That's right, killer hand movies on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Podcast. 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 Hello and welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike, and this is episode 222 called I'll Hand It To You. This is where we will be talking about killer severed hand movies. So grab a snack, maybe some finger foods. Oh my. Sit back and enjoy the show. You think maybe I came up with this topic <laughs> just so I can do a crap ton of hand puns? You're right. <laughs> um, so now, if you are a first time listener to the show, what Attack of the Killer podcast is, is a horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together, pick a topic and openly and freely talk about movies within that topic. This topic just happens to be about horror movies um, with evil severed hands. Yes, I did say movies, plural, meaning that there is more than one horror movie out there featuring killer severed hands as the monster of the movie. Now, if you like what you hear and want more, you can become an attacker. Now, an attacker is a special type of fan that gets all kinds of extra perks like bonus episodes, um, early bird access to the regular episodes, um, videos such as insane Mike's one minute, top 10 lists, killer critiques, and so much more. So go to join the pick the level of attacker that you want to be now act now, and you will get your very own membership card and certificate. So go to jointheattackers.com and become an official attacker today. And now without any further ado, it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. Did a lot of rhyming right there. His mother only had one arm, so she had to raise him single-handedly. Andy, everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Wow. To wipe that off. That's for you. <laughs> you know a guy who got his left hand cut off. I hear I hear he's all right now. Tad, everybody. Hello. No belts for me. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, right now I'm mad at him because he has hand sanitizer and I don't, and he's always rubbing it in. Jason! <laughs> oh my gosh. This episode's off to a ridiculous start. And back by popular demand. Hey, everybody, let's give him a big hand. Mike Reeve, everybody. Woo-hoo, welcome. Yeah, <laughs> Leopard Rocks. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <All right. laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. Oh, can we make a horror movie about <laughs> about the drummer from the Leopards? There's a hand with a drumstick in it running around <laughs> grabbing people. Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> hey, welcome back, Mike. We've really missed you. It's great having you back on the show, man. Great to be back, man. Awesome. Did you know that Shudder, the streaming service for horror, now has over a million subscribers? And if you're not one of them, what are you waiting for? Shudder, it's the Netflix of horror for crying out loud. I bet you got Netflix. So why don't you have Shudder, huh? Tell you what, how about I start you off with a month of Shudder for free? So if you enter our our promo code, (laughs) our promo code... (laughs) Either way, He's a good <laughs> if you enter our promo code AOTKP, you'll get a month of Shutter for free and see for yourself of what you've been missing out. Again, that promo code is AOTKP. Get your month of Shutter for free on us. Now I'm going to hand it over to Tad with what we watched. All right, I'm pretty excited for this one because I've watched some great movies since the last time we talked, but I'm going to go over and kick it to Andy first. Andy, what have you watched? Okay, um, two of them briefly that I want to touch on that I saw on Shudder. Um, I watched uh, Scare Me and Blood Vessel and liked them a lot both. I know Jason's talked Yay. about uh, Scare Scare Me previously, but... Uh, blood blood vessel i enjoyed but the ending is bleak it's bleak as shit it made me mad but i really but i still kind of really like the movie but but so uh check those out um uh of a blu-ray that i just picked up and i know i'm a little late to the party for this one but i really enjoyed it i watched the uh wolfman's got nards uh documentary for monster squad absolutely loved it um Next one that I saw, and this would have been, this almost made it to the unwrapping video, but I watched the Elijah Wood uh, version uh, remake of Maniac. Was really, your, really liked Was it. that your first time? Yes, it was, actually. Oh, man. So, so good. good. Score is awesome. And it's, oh, yeah, and it's just, it was just brutal. I mean, it's just like, I kind of, it takes a lot now anymore, you know, after being, you know, so desensitized to make me just kind of squirm in my seat a little bit. But there was the scene where he's kind of sitting on that woman's back and he's just kind of slicing her and you can just see the blood draw a little bit. It's not even really particularly just brutal, but it's just, it was just really cringeworthy for me. And he's, you know, he's. And then, and the stuff he's saying to her is like, you're not going out tonight. You know, I thinking he's like, you know, his mother and everything, but yeah, just a really, <laughs> really fucking weird movie. Uh, but yeah, I really, really, I really enjoyed that too. And, um, last one real, real quick, uh, since, uh, psycho is probably, uh, it's definitely in my top fit three favorite horror movies of all time. I took uh Tad's advice and got the complete uh four movie collection for pretty for dirt ass cheap, if you ask me. Uh, I think it was around uh thirteen, fourteen dollars. Yeah, like it was that. like $12.99. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's all on Blu-ray and 
I had seen uh, the first three, but I had never seen Psycho Four, the beginning. And I actually, and it's, I knew it was a Mick Garris film, so I knew it was probably going to be pretty decent. But uh, I had no idea that uh, Henry Thomas and uh, and Olivia Hussey, who uh, was the lead in uh, Black Christmas, was in this. And I really, really enjoyed it. I actually prefer it over Psycho two and three, which is odd because I didn't think yeah. that I didn't think that I would. I was like, this was actually uh, it's it surprised me. I kind of went into it, you know uh with you know i had my doubts but i actually really liked the fourth movie have you have any of you guys seen the fourth psycho or it's been forever so i i definitely need to do a rewind i haven't seen yeah, any of the sequels or prequels or anything I, I bought the set so i'm anticipating seeing them soon but you should definitely check them i mean i know I, two is awesome and two is uh, really good really like, yeah i need yeah. to watch that again i haven't seen four since it came out but I remember it being my second favorite too. I really liked four a lot. I should watch it again now that you got me excited to watch it. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I was really kind of stoked for the set. I mean, I would actually, I would gladly spend, you know, uh, $13 just on a very good, uh, psycho Blu-ray, which I didn't have. I only just had it on like VHS and, uh, DVD, but, and I wanted to upgrade, but yeah, it looks really, really good. And for, for the price that they're offering, you can't, you, you just can't beat it. Uh, if it's still being offered. Um, but yeah, really, really dig this set. And I need, I want to watch the other three, fi- the other three films as well. But I, I watched the the fourth one because I had not seen that one yet. And yeah, very happy with that. And that's what I watched. Excellent. Well, I'm going to kick it over to you, Jason. What have you watched? Um, I finally got to watch Borat's subsequent movie film. Did you laugh a lot? I laughed the entire time. I think at first Tina was like, what? You really want to watch that? And I'm like, wait, you're what? You don't, you, are you not a Borat fan? And she is. And I'm like, I don't know. It was weird, but uh, she laughed just as much as I did. It was hilarious and way too I mean, it was a good movie. Yeah, his That's part that, his daughter, that pl- the actress that plays his daughter, blows yeah. Borat, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen out of the water. She's fantastic. I mean, it wasn't just um, gag scene and then move to another scene. There was a great narrative arc to the whole thing. It was and some really well really heartwarming moments when <laughs> he talks to the old Jewish women is. Oh yeah. Super um heartwarming and a little heartbreaking. And then the babysitter that he leaves his daughter with. Uh what a great person. You know, mm-hmm. just it shows the good and the oh, bad yeah. in people. Yes, it does. And so can't recommend that enough. Um speaking of our sponsor, Shudder, I watched a creep show animated special. Me too. So, yeah, so me did too. I. Yeah, I did I forgot to mention that one. Yeah, it was pretty great. What'd you guys think? I really loved the one where the girl's on her phone the entire time. I thought that was really creative. Yeah. I really liked both of them um, a lot. And I loved how it was more in that uh, motion comics animation style. That was that was yep. fun. Um, at first, I was like, oh, wait, that's it? Because I didn't pay attention to the original running time. But uh-huh. I think at the end of the day, 
in that animation style, that was probably the about perfect enough. time. Yeah. Yeah. My only my only complaint was I liked both a lot and I really liked that first one, but it just didn't end. It didn't have an ending. Yeah. It just sort of aimless. It just kind of stopped. I, I still really kind of liked it, even though Oh, I like this I like it a lot and I enjoyed the the trip you went on with that dude and he was great yeah. and the story was he good. It just, yep. He just and then it just kind of went on and it just like didn't really have an ending. Well, he that's the part ran out of things to eat parts of himself to eat. <laughs> I know it, but it just <laughs> didn't, it just stopped and went to the next they one. They just announced but today no, they're okay. doing a Christmas special. Oh, yeah. Cool, yeah. Cool, cool. And then, uh, I haven't seen this in a long time and I can't even remember why I watched it or maybe it was just something that came on, but the 1990 night of the living dead. Tom Savini. Sweet. God, it was good to watch that again. One of my favorites. Jeez, that's good. It's the second best Night Living Dead. That is (laughs) debatable. Andy agrees with that. Yeah, it's debatable. I do think it's crazy though. Like you he went into that and there's really no like he should not have made a good movie. Like he's going he he's got his back up against the wall remaking a Stone Cold classic and he somehow as a not a big director, but someone who's known for a special effects knocked it out, out of the park. So, and I, sorry, no, I, I just love how they changed it. Yeah. With the, the twist in, in the barber character. Yeah. And it's kind of neat. Yeah. Like, I think I, I'd like to see more interpretations of remakes like that, where, where it looks like it's following the exact same path, but you yep. you you make one one little change in a character really a, goes different in a character's arc or whatever, and it completely changes the last half of the movie. And I think I would love that would that's such a cool concept, and um, I would like to see remakes take more challenges like that instead and, of because it's kind of like best of both worlds. Like you're still kind of getting the original film that you know some people you know and you, some people you still get, get the same original ending. But yeah. it's way different in this one. That's way satisfying, you know. It's but yet it's the same ending. Yeah, I just want, I just wanted to say real quick. Um, looking back on that film, I what I was really kind of impressed with was the range of Tom Tow- Towels. Is that how Towels? Yeah. The range, you know, because you because I never knew that that he was Cooper. I just figured he was just you know some random random actor and then i put two and two together then that he was the sheriff in house yep. of a thousand corpses and you know and in uh from henry portraits of a serial killer uh, yeah yeah and it's yep. just like i mean he's i guess you know i mean he must have changed his voice for each character yeah for each character that he had but it was just like it was so it was so different you know from anything that he ever you know that i had saw him you know after that and I was just like, wow, he was, Tom was like a, he was a really good actor, if you ask me. You oh, know, yeah. I was just, I'm just, I was really, really impressed with him. And uh, it's, it's a shame that, you know, we lost him so soon. And Patricia Tallman's arc, just seeing her get mm-hmm. stronger and stronger as the movie goes. Oh, man. It's good, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, man, if you guys ever get a chance, watch it with, Savini's director's commentary. It's it's really cool. They talk. He talks. He talks a lot about other little changes that he did. Some by pure coincidence and accident, like the op- like the opening scene in the cemetery. 
was they they had planned it for like a really overcast day, kind of gloomy, almost rainy out, you know, kind of setting that tone. But then they went to go shoot it and it was like a super, super sunny, bright, happy day. And he decided that to, to go forward shooting that scene that day and flipping the whole thing around where, you know, it's not setting the mood. Um, it's throwing you off because everything is so seems so sight and brunny and ha- bright and happy. Yeah, and this one's also in color, so it's not old and boring. Oh, whatever. Like oh, my God. Ted <laughs> Turner's in the house. Just kidding. Just kidding. But you also have got a lot of horror movie alumni in there as well. You know, not just Bill Mosley. Tom Tellers. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say Bill Mosley. The butler. Is it William Butler? William Butler, yeah, because he was in... Friday the 13th, uh, part seven and with text, uh, Texas chainsaw three. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He's, he did a lot of, he was, he was in, uh, I think one of the, I think he was in ghoulies too. I think he had done a lot. And I, I think he was also maybe in an episode of Freddy's dead. Cause oh, for, nice. for the longest time, it was like, this is the guy who got killed by all three of the big baddies. So, um, Hey, that's right. Uh, and then also in that commentary, Savini talks about how like you can pinpoint the moment of, of Barbara's arc, her, her, her change in her character and personality. And it's when she puts on the pants. It's like that it's moment is when pants. she kind of takes charge of, of her situation. So, so anyway, that's what I was say. Have you guys ever, <laughs> ever, ever seen the riff tracks version of the night, the original night living dead? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! So fun! It's really good. I saw it in theaters years ago. It was a lot of fun. Okay. And then I just this past week turned on my TV. It was still on NBC from watching football or something, or no SNL the night before. This was on a Sunday at 11 a.m. They were airing Night of the Living Dead, and I turned it right onto the scene where the the female zombies walking past the camera, and you see her butt, and then they go cut to the front, and you see her boobs. <laughs> And I'm like, this is on net. Like, wow, bro- holy crap, for real? Yeah, uncut. So I messaged them on Facebook, and they're like, we're really sorry. I'm like, don't apologize to me. I just thought someone should be paying attention to what you're airing. Like, I saw <laughs> boobs on 11 a.m. on a Sunday on network TV. Like, wow. They must. I think it was. But it said on the guide it was figure skating, so that must have got like canceled or postponed. <laughs> and so they just had to fill it in with something that they had that was public domain and. When yeah, I can't watch, scrambled. Yeah. When I, can't I watch would totally game. watch Night of the Living Dead on ice. I would totally watch <laughs> that. <laughs> All right, let's go over to the Reebster. What have you watched recently? Um, uh, actually, I've been watching a, kind of a lot of fun stuff. I've actually been kind of thinning out my uh, VHS collection. Since I got all the stuff from Good, the, it's uh, a dying <laughs> format. You should. Hey. <laughs> Well, it's just one of those things where Fighting I'm words. trying to get them out to the hardcore collectors, but I need to make sure I watch these movies first. Yep. So I've been watching some really wild stuff. So I finally watched like Lady Terminator. Yeah, okay. that movie's yeah, awesome. I love that movie so much. Holy crap. That's, wow, that's right? nuts. That was <laughs> the, the way that they totally <sighs> were totally just like stealing scenes from the original Terminator. Straight up. Yeah, I, I love like, Wow, <laughs> I love how they go. F- they go for, hey, we're going to totally rip off Terminator without ever actually watching the whole movie of Terminator. Because right. when is there a witch with a snake vagina in Terminator? Oh yeah, that was yeah. The, the intro was there rather, that was pretty wild. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one. 
Well, the kitchen has some other stuff, you know, like uh, the evil below. That was pretty cool. Uh, Revenge of the zombie two psychic kids that raised their recently murdered dad to become a zombie and get revenge on the bikers that killed him. That was fun. Um, one movie I really liked was uh, the last horror film with yeah. uh, Joseph yeah. and Caroline Monroe. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that. And, and that one, uh, man, I tell you what, I enjoy that way more than Maniac. Maniac, well, I don't know. I, I have a hard time getting into Maniac. This movie was well, fun. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely more fun. It's not as bleak and, and dark and depressing and sleazy as Maniac can be. Oh, yeah. See, and what the kind of like a little fun fun fact about that movie, I was actually, I was at last year up in Minneapolis at Crypticon up there. I was talking with Caroline Monroe about it. And I was asking her, so, so did you guys actually film at Cannes? And she's like, yes. And we were not supposed to be there. <laughs> they, they, they basically filmed that movie the way Joe Spinell is trying to make his little movie in the movie. Yeah. It's like, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, you kinda, then, if you watch the movie, you kind of get that feel of like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're they're stealing footage here. They're not, uh, <laughs> oh, they don't yeah. have permits. Yeah, she she wasn't supposed to be on the red carpet. And she was right there in front and center on the red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But then a couple other classics, you know, uh, finally got to watch Killer Party. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, okay, the, the first, okay, let me take that back. The first hour is okay. <laughs> the last 20 minutes is killer. Oh, man. It's really awesome. That is really awesome. And then I think I probably watched the greatest giant rubber killer fish movie ever. Up from the depths. Holy crap. Up from the depths. Up from oh, the depths. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's like the best rubber fish movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody ever see that one? No. I have, I have I not said that I have. With it. Oh, dear God. That, that's that's to behold and there's times where i'm just like cracking up so hard where it's one of those things where and th- this is like one of those like late 70s early 80s jaws ripoff movies and there and you there's times where you just can't tell if they're taking it seriously or there i think there's one time in the movie where they're just kind of like they're about to break the fourth wall but they kind of do it just by talking to each other not even addressing the screen or anything like that because they're mm-hmm. They're saying exactly what you're what you're thinking. How ridiculous this is! So, yeah, highly highly recommend that one. Cool. Then, as for new stuff, for some reason, I never get around to watching new stuff because I'm always stuck watching the old stuff, and I love watching the old stuff. Yeah, preach on, brother. I'm with you. And then, and then uh, back, you know, you're talking about uh, Tom Savini's Night of the Living Dead. I may have to watch that with Tad sometime because. I've never seen it. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. There's your episode. There we go. <laughs> oh, it's, man. I know. <laughs> it happens. It happens right. to everybody. Oh, there's we all my list is <laughs> way longer than all of yours of <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, stuff I have not seen. So, yeah, we yeah, just did Night of the Tad. Yeah, exactly. Three he hadn't seen. You you know, could, and yeah. I know there, there have been times where I've been like, I need to watch this. I'm going to watch this. Gonna, and next thing I know, I'm watching the original for the. 500th time because to me, the original is it's one, it's probably one of the five perfect horror movies out there. There is almost no, there's not a whole lot of movies better. That's the best zombie movie ever made. I will now go to my grave saying that. That's right. You've got it. Mike's picking a fight over there. He's trying (laughs) to, (laughs) you remake lovers, just 
suck on that. <laughs> Which I'm sure I'm sure the Tom CVD was fine, and I'm looking forward to watching it. But ah, you, man, you need to get on that stat. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's I'll see if I can't find the VHS to watch it. <laughs> oh my! But yeah, but I will say though. I, I have been like slowly starting to change over and buying like uh, Blu-rays and maybe a few 4Ks every once in a while. Ooh, like when, when somebody's, right. um, like my vinegar syndrome had their uh, halfway to Black Friday. Well, I mainly bought it just because I had to get myself a copy of Rad because oh yeah, that's awesome. Because you have to. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, that movie's amazing. <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> we had Nightmare Sisters. Never seen that before. Yes. Awesome. Oh, I love Nightmare Sisters. I have that Vinegar Syndrome disc too. It's awesome. I oh, have yeah. the I, DVD. I, oh yeah. And then I had to get I had to get a copy of, finally get a copy of this one movie that I think you guys all hate anyway, so I won't even mention that. You know what that is. <laughs> but then I also got my uh, you know, got some uh, uh like the Herschel Gordon Lewis uh Feast Arrow box set the other day. Awesome. Oh, Spider Baby. Nice. Awesome. Oh, nice. And then what was the other one I got? Um, oh man, I know. I think I actually know. I, I missed out on one of them. So, but uh, like this Black Friday, like here in a few weeks, you know, I know I'm gonna be hitting Se- Severin huh. and Vinegar yep. Syndrome hard on those. Oh yeah. So and I keep buying all the old stuff because well, you know the old stuff's the best. <laughs> That's right. Speaking of old hard stuff. Right. What did you watch, hey! uh, Insane Mike? <laughs> hey, nice segue. <laughs> back, in, back in my day. Well, you already mentioned that um, Creep Show Halloween special, so I'll skip that. That was one of my three picks. Um, I watched BR1. I think it's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, new movie out this year-ish. Um, one BR. What I, oh, yeah, you're right. Like One, one Bedroom. Right. Yeah, yep. one bedroom because it's it's about this girl who's kind of trying to get her life going in L.A. She wants to, she's come out to Hollywood, but not to be a star, to actually be a costume designer. So I thought that was neat. Um, and she ends up getting this apartment in this like this weird uh, set of like apartment building complex thing, um, and it uh, it kind of turns out to be a cult. So. Uh, really cool, a really good film. I was really intrigued with a good story. I would definitely re- recommend checking it out. The performances were outstanding. Um, not a lot of familiar faces or even a director I recognized, but, uh, it's kind of cool sometimes. Yeah, it is kind of cool. Sure. The, the biggest face I recognized was, uh, Naomi Grossman. Um, uh, she was what the, I forget the pinhead girl from, um, American horror story. Uh, and then a character actor, Alan uh, Blumen, Blumenfeld, uh, is also in it. Those are the only two people I even remotely recognized in this movie. There's probably more, and I just don't know. But I would highly recommend that one. And then the other one I watched, <clears throat> this is going to tie in more to Insane's picks later, but I watched this uh, this lost, unknown like comedy special called Cheese Ball Presents. Uh, it was a... It was a uh, special put on by the Growlings. It was a um, like the uh, comedy troupe out in uh, California. Uh, the Growlings um, did this like weird comedy special. I don't even know where it aired, where it came from, why it is, because it's just it's just weird. I've never heard of it, but it's got um, it's got Phil Hartman in it because he was a member of the Growlings. 
uh, Elvira shows up in it and even Pee Wee Herman. So Tad, uh, it's on YouTube. So excellent. Um, you and you and Nikki should check it out. It's probably worth it for the Elvira and Pee Wee moments alone. And that's probably about it. Like this is, this is not very good. So it's, it's to clarify. It's Paul Rubens as Pee Wee Herman. He's doing the character. Cause that's where he developed it yeah. in the growling. So I just want to make sure it wasn't because exactly. Paul's done other stuff in the growlings too, but obviously Pee Wee's his. Yeah. Big yeah, big. it's literally Pee Wee Herman. Okay, cool. It. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's and as far as Elvira goes, it is Elvira, not Cass- Cassandra Peterson. Cool. Um, so yeah, so it's definitely cool. It's like a little lost Pee Wee Herman bit that uh you know that would be perfect for your Pee Wee Herman fans out there, hint hint. But uh but you could probably skip straight to that because a lot of it's pretty insufferable. Um so it's it's kind of a lot of like people doing characters without actually developing any like storylines or or skits or jokes to the to the to that to the skit. I mean, there's a couple in there that I I kind of I kind of thought was funny. It's it's definitely dated, so there's going to be some material in there that um, would definitely be offensive nowadays. Um, uh, and it's got nudity. That's where I was like confused because Brink Stevens shows up in this. Brink Stevens shows up in two different bits and she's naked in both bits, both of her bits. <laughs> and <laughs> like one, she's in the shower in this like weird music video thing about a plumber or whatever. And, and you know, she's just in the shower, taking a shower while this guy's dancing around in her bathroom. Um, and it's so like, it's got nudity in it. And I, so again, I don't know what this was for. I'm a guess. I'm assuming it was probably made for some cable channel back in the day, maybe like HBO, but it's just weird. Um, but definitely check it out. And the weirdest thing for me, which again, I'll get to, um, in insane's picks, but it was directed by, um, Alfred souls guy who did Alice, sweet Alice and Mm. pandemonium and stuff like that. So, which I'll, again, more on that later, but that's what I watched. Stay tuned. All right, somebody asked me what I watched because I'm very excited. Well, speaking of weird, uh, Dan, what have you watched? Oh, man, I've got three great picks. Um, first, I'm going to be giving Shudder some love because I tuned in mm-hmm. Halloween night and watched their surprise premiere of a movie that will be coming to the network in 2021. Uh, they didn't announce what this was going to be. It would be streaming one time live and then won't get to see it until... I think March maybe of next year, but it is Natasha Kermani's lucky. I don't awesome. know if you guys have heard about this. No, but no, I like uh, her a lot. Um, written by Bre- uh, Bray Grant, also starring Bray Grant and she's fantastic in it, but the movie, I won't go too deep into it because it has a lot of big surprises and twists in it, but the premise is really wild. Um, basically this uh, the lead female is name is may. She lives with her boyfriend at her house. One night they're sleeping. Someone breaks into their house in um, the middle of the night and tries to kill her. And she fights back and, you know, basically takes him out, knocks him out. But by the time the cops get there, he's escaped. So she files a report. Everything's good, but he's still on the run. Right. Next night, about the same time guy breaks into the house, tries to kill her again. She does the same thing, uh, knocks him out. He escapes. Cops come back, tell her, you know, we're going to look for this guy. This happens every night. 
and she thinks she's going crazy because the cops will not listen. They're like, yeah, you know, we're doing everything we can. We're looking for him, but you know, you couldn't have killed him. You couldn't, she's trying everything to basically hold this guy and there's nothing she can do. So he, he comes in and tries to kill her every night of her life. Uh, and it's obviously affecting her life because she's getting the shit beat out of her every night. Um, but everybody acts as if this is like normal. And I think it's sort of, um, a little, little, uh, euthanism, a little, um, allegory of something else, but, um, definitely check it out. It was, it played at this, uh, South by Southwest festival. Well, it didn't, it was a selection. Obviously it didn't play cause that festival got canceled, but, um, very fantastic. I'm so stoked for this to hit shutter. So everyone can check it out, um, and use the code AOTKP to check it out when that comes around. The other shutter one I checked out that I really loved was the mortuary collection. Has anyone seen this yet? How was that? Watch the trailer. It looks amazing. I loved it. I watched it last night with Nikki and, um, the premise is pretty much sort of like body bags in a way, but a little more intricate. Um, it's not as hokey, but basically this, um, embalmer mortician, uh, creepy guy played by Clancy Brown, uh, plays. Yeah. He plays a mortician at a funeral home and, girl comes to apply for a job and she steps into his library and he has all these books and all the books are the stories of how the people in that mortuary have died. And so him and her, they go back and forth telling, trying to creep each other out by telling horrible stories about how people have died. And uh, it's a really cool anthology. Oh man, it's, it's really well done. Just it's uh, very vibrant the colors are really cool uh just the production's really high on this one i was very surprised not to say that shutter doesn't have uh, a lot of stuff but i was surprised that this didn't hit theaters because it's gorgeous and it's really well put together you can tell that it was not a low budget fare uh those the effects in it are great the makeup everything in this one was awesome so uh it's on shutter right now and I highly recommend this one. It's a lot of fun. It was, I watched it after Halloween, but it would be the perfect Halloween movie to watch. Cool. Then the third one that I watched, I will be uh, talking about next week on first time podcast, but I want to touch on it because not everybody who listens to this listens to that. And it's Jim Cummings new film, the wolf of snow hollow. Um, Ooh, yeah. Has any, have you seen it, Jason? No, no, I just, just heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. This Jim Cummings did Thunder Road a few years ago, which was a fantastic movie that makes me want to cry every time I've seen it. And uh, he is the writer, director and lead in both of those movies. But this is his newest movie. Um, it's basically he plays a an officer in a like sort of sleepy um, ski town, a very small town where everybody knows each other. Um where it's always snowing and their big tourist attraction is a ski, um, what do you call them? Resort. And people start dying one by one and they're getting murdered brutally, very brutally. And of course, some people are like, Oh, it's wolves. And other people are saying, no, you know, this is too precise and they're missing body parts. It has to be a murderer, but it's not even about the murders itself. It's basically about this cop and his dad, his dad is a sheriff and their relationship. His dad is like, he's getting, he's really sick and he's, he's getting old, but he refuses to quit or retire. 
So he's trying to deal with um, basically being in charge of the police, um, trying to find these, find the killer and trying to convince his dad that he needs to slow down and retire. And he's breaking down. And it's more about the relationship between him and his dad, who's Robert Forrester, who's fantastic in this. Oh, um, yeah, this movie, I cannot believe like it hit some drive ins, um, right? Probably around Halloween or maybe, you know, it's probably early October, late September. Cause I saw this was a double feature with American werewolf in London at our local drive in. And this is not your typical werewolf movie. Um, it's not really even about the werewolf, which is, it's just so weird. Cause it, the tone of it's completely different. I wouldn't even know if you'd call it a horror movie. Um, there's some blood and guts and stuff, but it's more about the relationship between uh, the lead Jim and his dad, who's played by, like I said, Robert Forrester in his last role. And uh, this one's just really good too. It's uh, it's a very dark comedy, has a lot of moments where you laugh a lot, a lot of moments where it's very sad, but um, so good. The writing on this, the the werewolf is really cool. Like everything in this is really fantastic. It's on uh, VOD right now. You could rent it, and I highly recommend the Wolf of Snow Hollow also. Oh, and uh, <laughs> just as a honorable mention, I also watched The New Mutants, and that totally sucked, so don't watch that. <laughs> oh. Good to know. And that's what I watched. Well, excellent. Okay. <clears throat> um, thank you, Ted. So the election uh, may be over, but you can still cast your vote with poll position. And here's Jason to tell you about it. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of poll position. That's right. And today's poll question is, what is your favorite fist fight in a movie? And this one got opened up from just horror to all movies, um, just because of the answers we wanted to give. But favorite fist fight in a movie? Good question. And let's kick it off with Insane Mike. What's your favorite? My favorite would have to be, I mean, I instantly go straight to Jackie Chan and and especially the stuff he did. Um, in his home country, not so much the stuff he did in the States. I mean, he did still do good stuff, but one of my favorites of his, one of the coolest action scenes ever fight scenes ever is in a movie called armor of God. I believe in the United States, they renamed it, uh, operation condor two. Um, but, uh, in, in armor of God, uh, in the third act, he fights these monks that turn out to be women and it's an amazing amazing fight sequence lots of stunts lots of really cool amazing stunts and 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 also in traditional jackie chan form some good comedy so that's it jackie chan fighting the female monks in armor of god very nice um i'll go next um if anyone knows me i'm not a violent person but i'll tell you what if you say you just said earlier you want to push me down the stairs you said it and uh anyway um, when I want to, when I think about taking my fist and putting it in somebody's face, I think about how bad I want to do that to Jared Leto. And so my answer is going to be the narrator versus Angel Face in Fight Club. Man, lucky him getting to punch Jared Leto why, so much. What you got against Jared Leto because of what he did to Joker? Yeah, so that's it. Yep, that's what I thought. <laughs> anyway, so that's my answer. Uh, let's go to Tad. 
with the best answer. I mean, the the with the answer. Look, I'll be clear on here. I was the one that <laughs> picked this topics, and I, so, which means I got so the you, first you, answer. Yeah. So wait, I got the right answer. So it's almost cheating, but you have to go with John Carpenter's "They Live" the extended fist fight scene. It's been parodied and everything from South Park and beyond. Uh, it's just a classic that everybody knows that fight scene every that movie is known for it's it's fist fight scene it goes on and on has 12 endings it's fantastic epic uh i apologize to the rest of the podcast members you have no chance um so i knew soon as i I didn't matter what i picked because it didn't matter yeah but what made me excited was to see how angry maybe andy would be that he didn't get to choose it andy you're next what's your what is your actual pick my my pick is um the the second back alley brawl that I'm gonna have with Tad for taking yep. my selection. <laughs> um no, uh, I, I don't blame him. For that it's 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 oh. one that I would vote for, but uh I was going to uh say uh Ace Ventura versus Ray Finkel at the end of uh <laughs> <laughs> Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, but uh, my mind went straight to, uh, um, I can't remember the name of the henchman that it, that it happens to, but I'm going to go with uh, Dalton when he rips that guy's throat out at the, yeah. uh, that one part oh, in, yeah. road, in Roadhouse. Roadhouse. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with uh, Dalton versus uh, Brad Wesley's uh henchman that he you know tears his throat out and then uh throw puts him in the pond or whatever that's what i'm going awesome with. awesome all great answers is it, way better is than that 10. is that the one um where he says uh i fucked guys like you in prison i believe so that is the the, the guy <laughs> fucky prison dude okay cool just want to make sure and so so sadly, Twitter only lets have. <laughs> I am not putting that on Twitter, but they only let us have four answers. Um, but but Reebster, what if you could pick one? What would be your favorite fist fight in a movie? Um, to me, this one's easy. I gotta go with Indiana Jones for versus a uh, big German mechanic in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, I thought about that one too. Nice, very nice. I thought about the matrix, that giant, you know, um, scene with Neo versus a million, uh, Mr. What's his name? It's been agent agent Smith. Yeah. That's insane. Uh, there's, there's a lot of great ones out there. I think of the great scene in the guest where he takes out all the high school kids. That's fucking rad. (laughs) Not that we condone violence. here. Oh, absolutely. In that situation I do. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so everybody head over to Twitter at AOTKP. Get in your vote now. And go and punch that- a Nazi. Yes. <laughs> That's pole position. What's up next, Mike? It's movie time. It's what we're here for. Talk about some movies. <clears throat> Andy, what's our first movie we're going to talk about? Our first movie comes from 1981, and it is called Demonoid. Created by Satan to prey on the living. It feeds on your most hidden desires and secret fears. It's been dormant for centuries. But now, its time has come again. Demonoid, messenger of death, 
a warning for those who believe. Eternal damnation for those who don't. Demonoid, is it the last of its kind? Or the first of many to come? By the time you discover the answer, it may already be too late. Demonoid, starring Samantha Egger. Name of God, don't do it. Stuart Whitman. Death is deliverance. Why must they kill what's already dead? Demonoid, messenger of death. Okay, uh, Demonoid. Um, it's messenger uh, of death. It's it's a movie. Um, is it? <laughs> All right, let's. I'll uh, hit Come you with on, the guys. summary here. Um, Jennifer Vane, Baines visits her husband Mark at a Mexican mine in. Uh, I'm gonna murder this name, like Guanajuato or whatever, Mexico. It doesn't matter. Uh, that he's attempting to reopen, but the miners are hesitant to work there due to an ancient satanic curse. They both go deep into the mine to prove to the workers that there is nothing wrong but they inadvertently release the demon that p- possesses people's left left hands and they did that by m- opening some weird cake mold looking thing that that it was <laughs> that it was in there um the hand in turn forces the possessed to commit murder the only way to free themselves from its hold is to cut off their own hand which in turn enables the possessed hand to possess other people by i don't know i guess shaking hands with it i I'm just going by what I saw. Uh, however, the hand <laughs> truly wishes to possess the person slash people who released it in the first place, which is Jennifer, and it has already killed Mark, uh, who is now uh, Jennifer, who has now asked for help from Father Cunningham, who oversaw the burial of the hand's first re- victim, which was Jennifer's husband, Mark. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah, very, very, very different than uh, what I thought that <laughs> I was, I was, I was gonna see. Uh, not, not really much to uh, talk about. I mean, there's a bit of a jump where after he kills the miners, you know, all in there with dynamite, and then boom, we're in Vegas. Uh, oh, oh, and I was like, okay, that's uh, okay. I guess I, I'm along for the ride. <laughs> Um, it was, it was, it was cool to see, uh, Ted White pre, uh, final chapter, uh, see what, to see what he could do. Um, yeah, I don't have much to say, uh, it other than, you know, it's just your typical, you know, I mean, it kind of, uh, I think the hidden kind of take it, took its cues from this. I was just like, for some odd reason, it kind of reminded me of the hidden, how, you know, the possession jumps from people to people, you know, and it's just making people kill people left and right. Um, you know, the, the, the scenes with, with Leo and I'll give you, uh, um, let's see what's I gotta see. Yeah. He's Leo forces, you know, him and Jennifer to go to the, uh, plastic surgeon, Leo being the, the cop that was hired to investigate the, uh, the tampering of Mark's grave. Uh, he's got the line of the movie. He says, 
either you cut up my hand off or I'll kill you. Great line. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, the, 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 the real money shot for the movie for me was uh, when the doctor who's dressed all in white takes off in a white Cadillac and my mind immediately goes to boss hog. Like they're having a, like a Dukes of hazard, <laughs> like a, like an alternate reality Dukes of hazard, you know, car chase in this movie where, you know, the cops are actually chasing boss hog in his Cadillac. Um, great stuff. Hilarious. Um, then the cop basically steers into an oncoming car and lets the Cadillac hit him. Uh, okay. Uh, when the, when the doctor's hanging on the train and he sticks his arm out and then like willingly lets himself get like battering rammed into a fucking water tower. Hilarious. Funny as hell. (laughs) Um, uh, some of, some of the effects are, you know, you you got you kind of got to forgive it because it's 1981 and it's a little you know uh how should i say uh it kind of reminded me of like when woody harrelson's hand flops around in kingpin that's what it kind of <laughs> kind of made me think of um but basically, I mean, the movie kind of goes on and on with that. You know, people are dying and getting killed, and then people are severing their hands, and then they in turn will die. And, uh, yeah, just a really, really weird movie with, uh, I guess, a slightly confusing ending where, uh, the the priest has like an unbelievably good pain tolerance for taking a blowtorch to his hand. So, you know, and he's, he's, he's acting like it's no big do no big deal. You know, uh, yeah, I guess the power really of Christ right. compels him. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> not the worst thing I've ever seen, but, um, I was watching a lot of, uh, figurative car crashes you know a literal car crashes on screen and then i saw like a figurative car crash of a movie which i guess <laughs> it worked because i couldn't take my eyes off i was just like now what kind of weird shit is going to happen next because hands are turning into dust hands are going back into regular hands or you know they're coming from cake pans and uh yeah really really weird but i will say this i really um I really liked the the face crunching, you know, when the hands would grab oh, it, shit. like you know, uh, like like the total full fledged Carrie Von Eric, you know, Iron Claw type shit, and <laughs> um, uh, and and when I'm kind of spoiling the end here, but uh, Jen does die when her fate when she goes face first through that coffee table. Great stuff, love that. Um, so it does, it does have pretty good, uh, uh, horror. It does have good death scenes, but it's just, a, it's a fucking weird movie. Um, that, and I always, I also noticed since I am a film dork and we are talking about movies that the police cars are the same kind of AMC ambassadors that they used in police Academy. So, uh, yeah, 
Police Academy cars chasing Boss Hog with a possessed hand. So uh, <laughs> that's what I would definitely sell this movie on. So anyway, yeah, guys, take off. Dude, there was no need to say spoilers when it came to her face planting into the table because they show you that shot in the freaking trailer. It's oh, the last really? shot of the movie, and they have that in the freaking trailer. <clears throat> yeah, I okay. I'll get. Mike, I'll go. defend your damn pick. This movie's awesome. <laughs> I, 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 I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I mean, I was, it's just very <laughs> different. Very different. It's. It's just, I think it's just a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's wacky. It's crazy. Um, it, you know, it's, it's frustrating. First of all, I should just say, make a disclaimer about this particular topic in that, um, I don't know why, uh, people, especially, you know, pre CGI and yeah, I said it would ever attempt to do a movie about a killer hand and that person has to cut off their hand because nobody can ever do a you know a good looking you know arm looking like i'm missing its hand for some reason all of a sudden after they cut off a hand that arm is now like you know a foot longer than it was before because you know there's still really a hand there and it you know there is some some la- really laughable effects that make this movie fun but i think there's some really effective cool stuff in this too like if we jump to the end when the hand is like all decayed looking and stuff, I think that's when the hand stuff looks really, really good. You know, the, the way they shot the hand, the makeup on the hand, I thought looked really cool, but my favorite self in the pencil sharpener. (laughs) What? Doesn't it sharpen its fingers in the pencil sharpener? Not in this movie. I was going to say that. Am I in the wrong one? I'm in the wrong movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um it's but my favorite my favorite scene, I think the most effective scene, and it was like a movie of this caliber to give me one moment to say, how did they do that without actually killing somebody? And that is when the guy lays down on the railroad track and and lets the train cut off his hand. I yeah, thought that yeah. was freaking amazing and awesome. And you know, kudos to that actor. I hope he got paid well to lay down right next to an on-moving train. I'm sure <laughs> they they did all the safety procedures and followed all the guidelines. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> oh, I'd imagine, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that's just some of the bizarreness that you get. I also really like the scene where with the, with the cop and he does the awesome line that Andy said. I really like that scene a lot, too. I think that also has got a cool some cool effects in it because you're seeing this doctor use whatever laser drill that is to like start to cut off this guy's hand and you're seeing like burning ripping flesh as this you know lasers going over the arm and i thought that looked really good i, I was i thought that i was a little cringeworthy watching that moment so and the guy actually know, I, sold it like it was painful instead of like you know <laughs> instead a, of the, you know, yeah instead of the priest with the blowtorch yeah um i, 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 I would I, totally I, say all the amputees all the hand amputations I thought looked actually really pretty good. Like the actual amputations themselves in the movie, those like the beginning one at the very beginning where it takes place, like what hundred years before I, yeah. they do it afterwards. Like, Whoa, cool. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I mean, most of those, you know, and the train and the blowtorch and then the, uh, the laser cutter, I thought they was all looked really pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the follow-ups, not so much, 
but the <laughs> but the actual amputations themselves, uh, I'm gonna give them kudos on those. I thought those looked really good. Yeah, I feel like maybe the movie was was built more around those moments. You know what I mean? Because th- those moments did look really really good and were the best parts of the movie. Um, every, every time somebody was getting their hand cut off and inventive too. It's not like you're just going around, you know, just randomly, you know, here's a machete and just going to cut off my hand every time. You know, you got somebody, you know, getting run over with a train, you get in the, you know, the laser surgery thing and very yeah, cool stuff. I read that so. the director got the idea for this um, after talking with a friend who is a psychiatrist about split personalities. And so I can imagine, you know, coming up with some cool scenes where people remove their hands and then building a movie around that, that makes some sense because those are sort of the staples of this, but I thought it was fun. I mean, it's not, it's not great by any means. I I wouldn't, it's not going to make any lists of mine, but um, I don't even know if it'd make my severed hand list, but uh, <laughs> I had a lot of fun watching it. I, when it kicked off, I was try, still trying to figure out the tone. Um, and it was at times a little hard to follow, but uh, it's just a sort of gonzo fun, stupid movie. I don't know if I'd watch it again, but yeah. I, I, uh... <laughs> that, that was a long pause. I know. <laughs> well, I'm like, mom said, if I don't have anything good, they don't say anything at all. I had a hard, I actually had a hard time making it through without falling asleep. The first time I had to watch it in parts, to be honest. I just, I mean, so the good things I'll say is I liked the effects stuff. I liked the dead bodies and like those really dried out corpses. Corpses looked really cool there in the beginning. Oh yeah. Um, And in all three of these films, I enjoyed the, all the hand gags. I thought they were all done pretty well and it's fun. And then none of that bothered me. I, Samantha Egger is good, even if her eyes are too far apart and she's weird looking, <laughs> but she's good. And I just, and that's where my, I can't think of anything else good to say. Cause I did not think this movie was fun. I really did not enjoy watching it at all. And Aww. I'll never watch it again. Um, I thought Stuart Whitman, uh, phoned in his performance oh, and was drunk the whole time. Oh, and, big time. And it was kind of a waste. And I, it's like the worst written movie I've ever seen. Like it's just terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> and then, and then when the and the editing's even worse, probably than the is a train is a train a car crash. That's what you said, Andy. And it's exactly what it is. And it's not fun. And I'm sorry I didn't say something nice. And I have to be the bad guy, but I did not like it. I'm sorry. So you don't want to borrow my vinegar? No, Blu-ray? no <laughs> trash in the trash. It goes. Oh, don't touch it. This movie sucks. Anyway, so I'm trying not to be. I didn't like it. Sorry. I'm sorry. It was very frustrating to watch because it didn't make any damn sense. Hey, but you can watch it on Prime. Is that where we watched it? Yep. So y'all can check it out. It has a total of 31 reviews. That's not many. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, th- I think the worst, the, the, the one part of the, about the movie that more than anything else I didn't really care for was the title. It's like Demonoid. It's like, ah, too. What a waste yeah, you know what? You get title. a movie called Demonoid. I guess I'll, I'm thinking like John Beekler, sleazy, cool demon things. You know, I'm not yeah. getting that, you know, so. But for and the that most poster, part, I, and the poster too. The poster's like, awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
you know, and they, they kept doing those flashes of like the, uh, the, the de- the demon or whatever you know just holding up his axe look like a rock star for like those two frames every so often which that never really came into play at all they just flash that in there like every 10 minutes in the movie just to say don't forget this thing exists but we're not gonna do anything about it <laughs> so but but other than that those little things i don't know what it is this movie just kind of struck a little chord with me i kind of enjoyed it for basically what it was i mean heck i mean if I'm getting a demon hand would make me the greatest craps shooter of all time. <laughs> yeah, you know what? There's worse things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that that was just like talking about total tonal shift of the movie, which for some reason just yeah, I I, I think it's maybe it's just because I've been watching so many of like these late seventies, early eighties quote unquote oh. crappy <laughs> movies or B movies that I just kind of enjoyed it. Oh, and I'm glad you did. I could totally see you like <laughs> that. Yeah. I can say something else nice about it. It is only 79 minutes long. That's it too. It is short. Yeah. But I think oh, yeah. I think it does drag on in some parts, you know, cuz it feels longer than than 70 some minutes. It's a 79 minute commercial for the GI Joe Kung Fu Grip. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, Jason, what's our next movie? Oh, the next movie we're going to watch is this movie called The Crawling Hand. The Crawling Hand. Someone, please come in. Push the red. God, Steve, help me. Help me. Claude, ah! what does it mean I'm stacked? Stacked? <laughs> You'll experience a new dimension in motion picture thrills when you see The Crawling Hand. The Crawling Hand demands to live, commands you to see it. A disembodied hand holds the key to a killer more deadly than the supernatural. The remains of an astronaut destroyed in space fights for life. A requiem for an astronaut. He's a killer. He doesn't come over here quietly and put that bottle down. I'll have to shoot him. But he's just a kid! It strikes deadly, silently, it will not relent. The crawling hand must destroy in order to exist. It will strike you deadly, the crawling hand. Hey, Jason, what's it mean when when they say I'm stacked? That's what I was going to say to you. I don't know. Uh, this is 1963 film um, from Herbert L. Strock. Uh, a medical student finds the deadly hand of a lost astronaut sought by scientists. Yeah, it's got uh, Skipper. It does, Alan Hill Jr. <laughs> Yay! And he's, little buddy. Yeah, it's he's pretty funny. It's pretty great. 
Tina was every, every once in a while. She's like, "Why doesn't he just take his hat and slap somebody with it? Sheriff <laughs> <laughs> hat, hit somebody with it." <laughs> yeah, this movie is way better than that last one. This one was kind of fun. I didn't mind it. So, how was the uh, MST3K version? Well, that's just it. Tina wouldn't let me watch the version. She's like, "Everybody makes fun of you already." <laughs> so much about that. So I'm like, and then like two minutes would go by. And I'm like, are you sure you don't want to watch? <laughs> a couple more minutes to go by, and it's just not, you know, it's just old cheesy B movie. And I'm just like, huh? huh? We can always go to the <laughs> Ruth Tracks version. And she never would let me. So it's Tina's fault. Hmm. Yay. Thank you, Tina. Mm-hmm. I'll hear about that. But yeah. You're already going to get blamed for it. So you might as well have watched that version. I That's what I was thinking. I should have. <laughs> I should have. Yeah. But uh, unlike most Rift Tracks films, I don't know, this one wasn't too bad to watch by itself. Plenty of them are hard to watch by itself, but this one wasn't so bad. It feels like it knows what it is, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. It, yeah, it it knows it's not uh, the next big sci-fi hit, but it, it has fun with itself. It's like at the very, it knows it's at the tail end of the Atomic Age films. And it's like, let's get one last one in there, guys. Yep. Five fingers of death. I read that um, (laughs) Burt Reynolds screen tested twice for the role as Paul, but uh, did not get the role. Oh, that would have been awesome. And it's co-written by (laughs) Brian Cranston's dad. Nice. Yeah, that's wild. I, I got to say that um, the malt shop owner needs to work on his rapport <laughs> with <laughs> the <Right>. customers. <laughs> um, he's just like, well, uh, don't don't dance and uh, have a malt before you fucking explode. You know, I mean, it's just like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm surprised he has patrons there. You know, his jukebox was cool. I like the surf music. Um the uh the the one thing that i have to say is that i don't see how you could be scared of the hand in this movie the one thing that really frightened the shit out of me was mrs hotchkiss because um <laughs> we have a woman popping pills and um <laughs> drinking and the way she handles a gun sk- would scare the living shit out of me. I mean, she's holding the thing by the barrel. She's throwing it around. It's got a hair trigger. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> what the fuck? And yeah, she's slamming. She's got the hammer cocked and she's slamming this thing down on the counter and shit. I'm just like, never mind the hand. Keep this old, bo- keep this old bag away from the freaking firearms. <laughs> Jesus. I was just like, I'd be freaking the hell out. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, evil hand and Swedish chicks and wow, uh, yeah, different movie. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, this movie had so many great one-liners. Just the one-liners through this, you know, the you know, what does mean by stacked or no dancing, and then (laughs) like a second later, he looks at the girl, no rats. Like what the hell? (laughs) Oh, it's like that just cracked me up. Bringing your pet rat into a restaurant, I get. (laughs) One thing, but no dancing. Come on. It's not allowed. Yeah, the, the, the other thing that I, that just cracked me up though, because I, 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 it made me think of like all these slashers from the eighties from any like Friday the 13th movie, all those Friday the 13th movies, the people that drive the ambulances are pieces of shit. 
<laughs> and I'm watching this like, holy shit, these guys are picking up a dead body and they're going to go see if she's got beer. Right. What the, how rude. Like, not only that, but the line was these broads always had beer. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. You go broads. <laughs> I did beer. cracked me up. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that this whole thing was going way back. Like even 20 years before Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah. It's great. They see another, they see a different dead body in there and they scared <laughs> and run out of the house. <laughs> One yeah, of them one, actually has a conscience, though. It's just like, well, yeah, we probably we might want to take him, you know. Oh. <laughs> and the other one's fuck like I hell, I suppose, you know. <laughs> See, what, what what I don't get though too is like, wait a minute, he so the sheriff is going to let this guy stay the night in this house while the dead body is still there. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, come on, Sheriff Skipper, you got to do better than that, you know. Come on. There's another uh, contradiction. It's just like <laughs> the, the malt shop owner says, okay, you know, no dancing, no rats. But, and he says, well, hurry up and drink, you know, because we're, we're probably all going to be dead tomorrow. Haven't you heard the news? I was just like, well, if we're all going to be dead tomorrow, what the fuck do you give a shit about dancing or rats? And, and then you're like, why do you even care? What an old curmudgeon. I'll die before I let rats in here. <laughs> I'm going to take that rat with me. Yeah, there are some scenes I saw that like one second it's a left hand and the next it's a right hand. Did anyone else <laughs> notice that? No. I, I don't know if it was the camera, like sw- they switched the... Yeah, switch. Yeah, or if they actually just somehow did it, but I noticed that a few times. <laughs> it's another power of the hand. Might be. It's an ambidextrous severed <laughs> hand. <laughs> It's just got two thumbs, you know. There you go. I I enjoyed that. Like I I enjoyed the surf music. I love surf music, and I love this uh, absolutely time in history. So it's always cool to just see things set in this time. But uh, it it was what it was. I mean, you, there's a hundred movies just like this. Obviously, not with a severed hand, but um, just has the same sort of feeling of that B monster movie. You know, well, I mean, then there's the the special effects. If you get possessed, you look tired. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little stoned. dark around the eyes. It's like, oh, that's all he did. Okay, yeah, almost could yeah. be almost like a beach party movie too. Almost like a like a little bit. It had that that Been kind there. of flavor, like a little flavor to it. You know, they show that girl like putting her bottoms on. That's very risky. Uh, they Risky. shot they shot a nude scene for foreign markets actually. So there's like a version. Oh, that does show the yeah pull up. yeah shows hmm. how stacked she is. I yeah. guess so. <laughs> What's that mean? You'll never know, Mike. This movie's fun. I love it. Um, it's classic. I mean, I've seen it before, and it's definitely of its time, which is great. It's, you know, again, like Tad said, total time capsule of its era, and it's always fun to see that. You know, you get your your soda hop you know, place and, you know, the 30 year old people act, um, uh, playing teenagers and, um, poodle skirts, whatever it's, it's, but it's, it's, it's definitely one of the weirder ones as far as, as premise and plot goes. I mean, it's an asteroid or an ast- an astronaut's severed arm that can possess people. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's a bit out there and that's what <laughs> that's makes it so much hilarious. fun. and so great. Yeah. 
So total fun recommend. It's definitely one that you can watch. It's definitely one of those movies that gets the MST3K or Rift Tracks treatment that you can actually watch without that. And obviously still have a good time because we're all just sitting here laughing and cracking jokes Push about it. Push the red. Push the red. I, I love the jukebox, though. The poster yeah. for this is so cool. Um, the like hand drawn. Uh, sorry for the pun. The hand drawn <laughs> uh, astronaut <laughs> arm looks really rad. And then the title treatment, they use the, the eye and crawling is a hand. Is like the, oh, the yeah, arm for cool. the eye. It is, yeah, really dope. And they have like a moon and uh, it's torn a piece of the newspaper off talking about the jolting space shocker, which is the tagline. So really cool poster. I love it. The crawling hand. The crawling yeah. hand. Great movie. So, Dad, what's our what's our last movie to talk about? Our last is one of my favorite films, not just severed hand films, but films in general from 1999 it is idle hands so i came all the way over here you said you was holding i didn't say what i was holding (laughs) anton tobias never had much on his mind don't you think you should have like a goal my dream life would be to lie around all day in bed and watch tv while somehow brad wears me food and he always had time on his hands four bodies have been discovered and the killer is still at large until one of them got a mind of its own. I have no control over my hands. Makes me do things that I don't want it to do. Aren't you a little old for Ding Dong Ditch? Sorry about your bush. I'm gonna call 911. What's the number? I'm not the killer. Okay. I mean, if OJ could get off, then I'm sure. You'll be here? Now. His hand won't stop. I don't want to hurt you. They don't! Ew, that's disgusting. His friends won't die. Dead! Undead, actually. There was this big bright white light at the end of a long tunnel. So what happened? We were like, forget that, man. It's too far. And the only way to stop it... Idle hands of the devil's playpen song. Keep my hands occupied, right? ...is to keep it busy. Drop the knitting needles. That's probably not a good idea. Put him down! Cuff me! Put those needles down, young man! Cuff me, cuff me, cuff! Columbia Pictures presents... The police have no leads, and the killer is still out there. He's screaming like a girl. The comedy... Careful, it's on kind of loose. That's where it's starting to get on my nerves. ...that dares to give scary movies... Hey, look at me! The backhand. What you doing, man? That's my dad. Come on. CPR, man. I saw him Baywatch. Did you lose something there, bud? Idle Hands. The touching story of a boy and his hand. Kinky. Fly for a white guy. All right. This one, like I said, came out in 1999, and I'm going to gush about this one because it came out right at the perfect time for me. It hit when I was in eighth grade. Um, The immature stoner humor was right up my alley. This was me and my friends. Uh, Follows Devin Sawa, who plays Anton. He's your typical stoner who slacks off, stays at home, eats too much, uh, and smokes weed. Hangs out with his friends. Uh, Mick and P-Nub, who are played by Seth Green and Eldon Henson. 
he has a crush on the neighbor girl, Jessica Alba, who doesn't. And he wakes up one morning and realizes that his hand is possessed and has killed his parents and kills his friends and starts killing everybody. So he does what we would all do. He cuts off the hand Ash style. And now the hand is on the loose and is murdering everybody in town. So they have to save the day and save the girls at the high school dance. Um, just so damn funny. Vivica Fox plays uh, the woman who's after the hand, who knows all the lore and introduces us to why this hand is doing what it's doing. Uh, Fred Willard is in a small role playing Anton's dad, and he's awesome in everything. We miss him a lot. What a just a fun movie. Takes place during Halloween, has nudity. It's a stoner comedy. What I mean, awesome gore. I love Seth Green. I love Devin Sawa. Um, man, there's what else can I say? I mean, it has the offspring, has a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. This is so much fun. I love this movie. I've seen it a million times and I'll watch it another million. Yeah, Ted, I actually got to see this in the theater. That's what happens when you're of age. Yeah. <laughs> I probably saw this on VHS. I think a lot of times on VHS. I do love this movie. Love it. Love it. Love it. And it's still, I mean, it's been a while since I've watched it, but when it came first came out on DVD, I watched it several times and even rewatching it for this episode. I'm still laughing at stuff. I'm still laughing at it. It's so, so funny. Um, it, it, the writing of this movie is completely in my style of comedy um all the gags that it does with the horror elements i find hilarious you know the fact that the two stoner guys get killed and come back as as zombies not for some any supernatural reason just because they were too lazy to follow the bright light to heaven yep i think (laughs) that's that's hilarious that is so it's it's so inventive and funny um you know spoilers but when they finally dis- defeat the hand that moment is hysterical the seth green this is my favorite thing that seth green has ever ever done he he really uh, steals the show for me in this although everybody's great in it it, it is an amazing cast um devin sawa uh, he uh he came onto my radar because of this movie it's it's too bad he kind of fell off everybody's radar not too long after this movie but um his physical comedy in this when he is mm-hmm. on the couch fighting with his hand with the remote control and then throwing <laughs> the cat out the window oh, oh that man is like that's bruce Cam- yeah <laughs> that is bruce campbell level of physical comedy right there like absolutely you it's not only funny but you are believing that he has a possessed hand the hand has a mind of its own and that's that's not an easy task so uh as as a performer so it's it's so good. So impressed, so impressed with that. And all the hand effects are great. The makeup on the hand is, is really creepy and terrifying, especially, uh, yeah, it's this movie, Andy, where he, um, puts the fingers, sorry. in the pencil sharpener. <laughs> and, <laughs> pencil and you, sharpener. Know, you know, what's wild about that. The hand is played by Christopher Hart, the same actor who did it in the Adams family movies, the new ones. Oh so so yeah, it's, it's actually oh, wow. the actor who did it like at the same hand actor. What the fuck? Well, <laughs> There's a guy who just does that. Like he's a, he's a magician. Yeah. It's, it's thing, not it, but yeah. Sorry. That's okay. I just didn't want people out there in podcast land screaming at us. Brian will anyways, but that's okay. That's That's true. true. (laughs) (laughs) But everybody, Jack, um, noseworthy as Randy, the, the heavy metal guy in the, in the Ford, 
Yeah. <laughs> he stole the Ford. Every, everybody had that neighbor. Like it was the yeah. older dude in the neighborhood who knew all the younger kids and they all went to him for like advice about girls or went to him for some weed or if you needed to yeah. pick up some beer, like give this guy 20 bucks and he'll get you some. And apparently he has shouted the devil on repeat <laughs> in his yeah. truck. That constantly. truck can only play something like that, okay? <laughs> I think it, like a single was stuck in his tape deck or something. Every time every time the, the truck is in the movie, Shout of the Devil's playing. Yeah, this, this is so much fun, man. Yeah, even what little we get of Fred Willard, like you said, um, he's also great in it. And, you know, and he's playing it straight. This isn't a moment where he's doing something super, something super goofy. And Another thing I re- aspect of this movie that I really like is the attention, the detail of the sort of the horror moments. It's very like the opening of the movie is very Argento-y in its like color design and its lighting design because it's a lot of a lot of like Suspiria greens and reds uh, illuminating. And to me, this is a movie that it, that is totally Halloween for me. This could be definitely a Halloween movie I, I would watch every year because. Because the atmosphere throughout this whole movie, the way it's shot, the way it's lit, um, and its choices, which are very, very um, specific in those choices, just really make me feel Halloween. I think that's why I like movies with a lot of crazy um, lighting, like red gels and green gels and whatnot. Um, But, you know, that opening scene, which is kind of supposed to be more of the horror before we really get the comedy. And then that's, you know, that's where we get Fred Willard in, in his moments, which still, even though he's in the movie for so little and doesn't get a whole, a ton to do still scene stealing as well. Um, uh, yeah. Vivian, uh, Vivica Fox is great. Um, it even has, um, Oh gosh, help me out here. Um, people under the stairs guy. Uh, Oh, Sean Whalen. As a cop. Yeah, as a cop. Yeah, Roach. Yeah, Roach, thank you. Um, you know, seeing he seeing him show up in this movie, I'm like, oh my god, you know. Um uh Penub, I can never remember his name, but you know, he's always great and everything, and he is also really, really funny. You don't see him do a lot of comedy where he is a comic relief character, but him and Seth Green paired up was like the there had to be some amazing chemistry and, and going on behind the scenes of this movie because you're sold that these guys are like best buds that just sit around and smoke pot all the time and watch TV. Right. When they're sitting there sort of riffing like the first, but they're still alive and Anton sneaks into the basement and they're riffing on him for uh, having a crush on Molly. It's so funny just because they bounce off each other. So, I mean, we heard it in the trailer when he's like, you know, uh, on these nuts, you know, and, uh, are you holding? Yeah. Holding these nuts. And, uh, <laughs> just, they are the perfect, like I, they are so believable as best friends and stoners. And even in death, when they, the scene where they come back to life is so fucking funny. Uh, when he's, when Anton's burying them in the backyard and they, they wake back up, um, yeah. and how they're, they're still trying to score with the girls at the dance. Um, <laughs> When they're when they're eating in the kitchen and the burrito's going through his neck and he has to, you know, <laughs> it, it's oh, so god, yeah, and they duct tape it up. It's so gross, but it's so fucking funny. God, like everything about this. Uh, like I said, I have nothing bad to say about it. It is so much fun when they show up at the burritos. They show up at the burritos and they open the microwave and let the hand out because the hand was in the microwave and it got cooked. So there's like gore everywhere, and the hand flies out the window and they're like gross. 
And then they just throw the burrito. <laughs> they, yeah, they argue over it like, well, I didn't make the mess. I'm not cleaning it. <laughs> when Seth Green goes, let's just clean the whole fucking house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, 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 I feel so ashamed because this is actually a first time watch for me. Oh, oh nice. Cool. And what, 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 what the, the crazy thing is, um, and this came out and I would have, I know that I would have even, I would have been ecstatic to see this back in 1999. You want to know why? Because Peanut and Mick that was me in 1999. <laughs> I was stoned in somebody's basement. You know, that's what I did on a daily basis in 1999. I barely remember 1999. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, this would have resonated. No, no pun intended with me. Um, very much so. And, um, I, I really had a fun time with this. Um, you know, like like you guys, everything you guys have touched on is totally on point with me as well. Um, loved the uh, I can't remember her name, but uh, the the sort of the Tamra Glenn Halloween Five ripoff chick. Uh, what what was her <laughs> name? The, the one that was with uh, Peanut. Yeah, uh, dressed as a devil. Yeah, is yeah, it, yeah. Tanya. Oh yeah, Tanya with with the whip, you know, spiraling up the uh, the the ventilation shaft, and then it just you know drags her back up there and just rips her to pieces. That was that was great. Uh, I thought that was really really creative. And <laughs> yeah, just, Sorry, just every time you bring up another part of the movie, I just think about another Seth Green line where he's like, "You can probably <laughs> put it back and get yourself a piece." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, sorry. Didn't mean but, to interrupt. Oh no, sorry. no, not not at all. I mean, I was pretty much pretty much finished, but yeah, I mean, I would have yeah, and just, you know, that and, you know, the offspring with, you know, De- Dexter Holland. I mean, they're doing Ramones covers and I'm just like, well, "Oh, yeah." Originally, they tried stuff. to get the Ramones in this movie and they couldn't, so they got the offspring to play Ramones cuz they wanted it to be like a throwback and uh funny enough to sort of you know, go, looking back at the episode throwback uh, of this episode, they filmed this in the same neighborhood as Halloween in Pasadena. So there's a lot of stuff you see in the background and there's this part where they're watching night of the living dead and dawn of the dead, which we talked about earlier, mm. but um, I th- just little tiny details in this movie. Every time I watch it, I sort of forget about them. Like yep, exactly. when that the hand is turning st- the channel and he's fighting with it and it's turning on stuff with hands and on. Yep. <laughs> the TV, and then he grabs it with his other hand and turns the channel. And uh, it, when he's when he's uh, about ready to uh, get laid with Molly, he like ties his own hand up to the post, and and she's like, "Oh, you're kinky!" It's <laughs> so much fun, man. Yeah, such a blast. I guess hey, this is my first time as well. Yes. Oh wow! <laughs> well, because yep. one of those one of those like back in the day, I saw the previews for it, and I just kind of dismissed it, you know. Then I looked at my wife. I was like, "Man, we should have seen this movie. We would have loved this way back then." You know. Um, so and so, I watched it for the first time the other night. Enjoyed every second of it. it was, this movie was an absolute blast. <laughs> all the and what what really got me was like all the little things. You know. Okay. Well, like, when I first started off, though, you know, it was like that opening scene where you see his mother get dragged out of bed and you see the blood splatter out. It's like, oh, I'm in for something a little bit different here. Which kind of threw me off a little bit. And I watch this and I'm laughing. I'm, but there's so many times where I'm like, oh, shit. 
yeah. that was nuts, you know, yeah. but like, like the little things, you know, where you're talking about, you know, like, okay, whenever you see the truck, you always hear a uh, shot at the devil. <laughs> but like, even after like uh, tiny, it gets like brought up into the fan and everything like that, as you're still crawling through, you hear, still hear the dink, dink, dink of one of her body parts is hitting a wall back there still. <laughs> and you, you, know, you just hear that in the background. It's like, ah, but then also blew me away. He's like, man, there are some really mean scenes in that movie. Again, the tiny scene. I mean, that's a straight up mean scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody that's in this movie is just awesome. You know, I mean, it was, it was awesome seeing Vivica Fox do a role like this, where she's kind of badass, but, funny too and everything and i was like that was kind of cool yeah um you know the music yeah okay i, I remember all that music that mm-hmm. movie that music was all great this movie probably would have come out when i was 25 so it, it's like one of those where i don't know if maybe it was just maybe i was just on the cusp of just past it a little bit for me but you know like i said watching it it's like oh yeah i really missed out on something really awesome here i love the scene when he is trying to get his neighbor uh, sort of information from him and he's not listening. So he, he like breaks into the, or, or runs into the fast food restaurant, steals the vest and the hat. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking to him through the drive, drive through. And there's like the, the knives cutting up the onions and, and uh, he's trying to like, not, you know, grab the <laughs> knife and showing all the sharp stuff, the fryers and stuff in his hand. He just dips it into like the ground beef. Oh, yeah. And he's throwing, he throws the meal out the window and the guy's like, asshole. It's so, so like you said, that physical <laughs> comedy is, it's like slapstick. It's mm-hmm. so good. And like it reminded, I remember when I first saw this, I thought, you know, man, I don't know if they completely just, someone w- watched evil dead two and thought, what if Ash was high or uh, what they did, <laughs> right. but it works. It's not like it's, it's good enough that it's, it's not ripping it off. It's its own thing, but obviously inspired by it. I mean, that Three Stooges shit will always work, if you ask me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. it's de- There's definitely, you could tell this is made by somebody who has a love for the genre, you know, and where it's, 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 it's really funny and really satirical of the genre without really making fun of it, which I think is, which is a plus as well, which I think it resonates with, with horror fans in that regard. But that scene you were talking about, Tad, did you know Kyle Gass is in there somewhere? I th- he works at the fast really? food place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know that till just now, and I was looking at the cast list here on IMDb. Yeah, the director Rodman Flender directed Leprechaun Two, uh, the Unborn, and he also directed the Unborn. Then he directed just a bunch of TV stuff around that time: Dawson's Creek, Party of Five, um, Arliss, uh, Gilmore Girls, The OC, uh, and then he on, uh, went on to do bigger things like The Office. Uh, but he's mostly a TV director. But he's still working. He did some yeah. of the Scream TV series and stuff, oh, but cool. you know he was he was, at, he was actually at Panic Fest this last year for was, he? Uh, 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 was it Eat Love Brains? That's awesome because he was yeah. showing his movie there and <laughs> and talk about lost opportunity for me. Having never seen this movie, it's like shit, man. I would have been gushing all over about this movie to him. Yeah. Me too. Oh my god. There is one little thing though that really kind of kind of got me a little bit though. And, like, and again, I think it's kind of like an age type thing. So, you know, because I'm watching the movie, and it's like, okay, I love everybody in this. Like, sweet. Jessica Alba's in this. She's hot. She's awesome. She's everything. And then so I'm watching it, and at the end, you know, she's pretty much like in brawn panties and everything like that at the end. And so then, you know, I'm kind of like, hey, what's, 
this is probably like early in her career. Kind of see what all she's done and everything. Like this came out in 99. It's like, okay. And then it's like, wait a minute. She's born in 81. <laughs> this was probably made in 98. Oh man. She was 17 when she did this. I feel like a creeper. Yeah. Yeah. Anton, uh, the scenes where Anton is driving the truck and stuff, uh, they had to use a stunt double because he is, wasn't old enough to have a license. Oh, wow. wow. She was that young. Jessica I mean, Alba was 17 when the movie was made and the director still had her wear sexy outfits that accented her cleavage. And then Anton played. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I noticed. Yeah. So you're right. <laughs> Uh, and it's like yeah it's like mm. but i was way young like when i first saw this she was like you oh know, yeah you're huge, good huge huge <laughs> crush when i watched it uh like i said i was in the eighth grade so i wasn't in high school yet when this came out and this movie's so funny i guess i've heard that it um was delayed because i read it was delayed because of the columbine massacre they were uh after oh, yeah. you know the a kid kills his parents and then goes a hand goes to school and murders people they pushed it back a little bit yeah i did i remember reading about that too I can't remember if this was like a big uh, hit or not at the box office. It was a, I, I didn't see it in the theaters, but me and my friends watched the shit out of it on VHS. Cause it was like gore boobs, uh, awesome music, the offspring, you know, it was right up my alley. Like it hit nope. so many things. It says on IMDb, the budget was estimated around 25 million and the cumulative worldwide gross was four. Oh, Yikes. Geez. Jesus. That's too bad. That's why he's just doing TV now. <laughs> well, see, one of the things I always heard about this movie, though, is like a lot of it just had to do with the marketing because the marketing sucked. Like I said, I was I, I remember I remember when the movie came out. I remember seeing the trailers for it, and I dismissed it because this looks like I was watching the trailers and how it's presented and everything. It's like this looks like this is gonna suck. I'm not gonna go waste my money on this. You know, yeah. you know, if they had marketed it better. Yeah, this probably would have worked out a lot. This probably would have done it way better. Yeah, I think those in charge of marketing uh, always do a disservice when movies are outside of the box like this. Like I could just, I can just imagine the conversation is like you hear it on commentary tracks all the time. It's like you know the 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 advertising people just did not know how to market it. I'm like, that's how that's that is your marketing campaign right there. The fact that this is not anything else you're going to see in the theater that year. It's it's not going to be some cookie cutter uh, horror film or even some you know cookie cutter comedy. Um, that is your advertising campaign. You know you're getting to see something different for once. Go see it. Pad, tell me this is playing at your birthday party. I want to watch this with you. <laughs> I I wish. I mean, uh, there's just so many weird things. Like I just am now looking at the the trivia, and I guess Tom DeLonge from Blink One Eighty Two is working at yeah. the fast food restaurant too. Uh, just wild stuff. Like I, I never, I've seen this. Like I said, probably a dozen times, and I don't remember. I, I just watched it the other day. I don't remember seeing him in this. Uh, but man, so much fun. It, and it used to pop up on cable every once in a while, but it felt like one of those movies and it makes sense now knowing how much it made that I would always like, I assumed everyone had seen it. When I asked people, they're like, Oh, I've never seen it. I'm like, what? You got to watch this. And, uh, it's, I'm so glad that two of us had never, this is the first time watch for you guys. And I'm glad that you both enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I really liked it. And did scream do a new, Oh yeah. One of this, yeah. This Ju- of Justin, I believe, did some of the features. Justin Beam did special oh, features. Um, 
Yeah, I've, I've been trying to track it down, actually, the because I was using this episode as an excuse, and it yep. sold out on Amazon and Target, oh. so I'm still going to find it somewhere, but yep. I need to pick it up, because I just have the old DVD. I don't even have the Blu-ray, so. Again, this was a VHS that I watched. Nice. <laughs> but I, I do, I still love uh, Devin Sawa. Um, he's very active on social media, and if you tweet at him, I've had several back and forth conversations about UFC with him. He's a very funny, nice, open dude that talks to his fans all the time. Uh, so, and growing up with an older sister who had his posters all over the walls, you know, mm-hmm. that was a thing. It was like JTT and Devin Sawa, and yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was the projects he picked or something because, like, he's done some really awesome stuff that I like, but I also know he was a uh, a teen beat poster child there in in the early part of his career. Right, and then he sort of had a, a little weird comeback. I mean, obviously with uh, Final Destination, but well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he's picking projects that um, – or he's in, in films that doesn't necessarily – fit your teen beat fan base, I guess is what I'm saying. Stuff like SLC punk, which right, I yeah. love him in that, you know, and yeah, like he was said, also Stan. Yeah. So I was going to say in Stan the, in the Eminem. Was, yeah. But I can't believe like in my mind, I was thinking like there was a bigger gap between this and final destination. It was the next year. Like he, it is like oh, this yeah. little window stuff. And then he did the Stan thing at the same year as he did uh final destination. So that's only a year. It, it feels like because he, cut off his hair he just seemed like he was five years older i thought he had a great comeback last year though with the fanatic he was yeah. really, really good he was that. fantastic in that actually uh for a movie directed by fred durst like it's right? way better than they should be he's, he's a great actor it's just he uh he I'm gets yeah. yeah he just has a I th- maybe it's a tough time getting cast and things because he's devin sawa and people recognize yep. him I also thought the work that he did with the dog in this film was actually pretty damn funny too. Oh yeah. The, I love the, it. The, the dog was just so obedient. And it's like, that's like a damn good, you know, uh, animal actor. actor. That moment when they're under the covers and that dog has that look. Like, <laughs> oh yes. Dog has the same word look on his face. Oh. than Devin does. Oh, it's so weird. adorable. I was like, oh, in the entire time. Yep. Great stuff. Great stuff. And even, even though I'm like completely against, you know, I absolutely hate when animals die in movies. Uh, the, when he throws the cat, it's so like, um, Looney tunes that it's not, it's, it's more funny than it is like bad. Like it's so stupid that it's funny. It's very obvious. It's so fake. Like, you know what I mean? I'm glad to hear you say that because I die laughing every time. So funny. (laughs) I I just assume that the cat has nine lives in this movie. So, oh yeah, the cat was fine. It's totally fine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Bones is okay. He's okay. <laughs> well, we never do see. We can assume that, right? That's land. Well, he doesn't want to go back in the house. He, he threw him about fifty yards. No. And apparently, he landed in a bush. So you know, and there's obviously no pet food in the house. We learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that, Mom. We're at a dog fed. <laughs> I I was always I. I think maybe the first time I saw this, I was a little confused of the time frame of this, but apparently, especially rewatching it this time, I realized like it's like days later before he realizes his. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking days, not just, you know, at first it just seems like it's the next day. And I'm like, what? 
it, you're out of food and dog food literally the next day, but no, it's been days. Oh, stoners. Days. Yeah. All right. So the, there you have it, folks. Those are the films we handpicked for this episode. Oh. There's still more Attack of the Killer podcast to come. But first, we're going to take a short break to hear a promo about our podcast network, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. You can check out such great shows as Bigfoot for Breakfast, the Gore Lords Horror Podcast, First Time Podcast, Beauty and the Scream, uh, Unsung Horrors, Podcast in the Crypt. And you should definitely check out definitely. the newest My Bleeding Ears episode because why, Jason? Well, that's because you and I were on there and we got to talk about our movie. It was the movie of the week for My Bleeding Ears. It should be called My Bleeding Eyes. Hey, that's... Whoa! <laughs> Come on, that's a good one. It's good. <laughs> yeah, we talk about collapse. It's a really good time. I, thanks for having us on, Larry. Yes, thanks, Larry. All right, so check out that show and all the other shows on thepfpn.com. We'll be back, and when, it, when we do come back, it's going to be segments time. So we will be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to the same old place that you laughed about. Oh. Well, the names have all changed since you've hung around, but those dreams have remained and they've turned around. So that must mean it's time for shout outs. It's time for shout outs. That's right, everyone's favorite segment, shout-outs. We asked, what is your favorite horror movie featuring an evil hand? And these are your responses. Not a lot not a lot of them out there. What? Evil hand movies, which is too bad. Oh, no, there's, a, there's, there's way more out there. Right, and here they go. We got up first on our Facebook page. We got Attacker Brett Royer says, Evil Dead 2 and Idle Hands. Yeah. Next, we have Don and Nelly. He says... Any of the dozen or so official or inspired by adaptations of The Hand of Orlac, including several with mm. that name or stuff like Mad Love, the 1960 The Hand, or the remake from, I believe, 1980 or 81, as well as there's Demonoid. Yes. I bet Don loves that movie. I'm so sorry, Don. <laughs> or the all-time classic The Beast with Five Fingers. Oh, good one. I was, I was actually able to see, it was at a film festival. I was actually able to see a print of the hands of Orlac, but it was actually, uh, they had a guy perform the music to it on a piano as the film was playing. Oh, cool. It was actually, it was, it was actually a very interesting way to, to watch the film. I mean. It was it was different. It's I I kind of rather enjoyed it. It was like very you know I mean it would have been like you would have seen it back when it debuted. So yeah, it was 
It was a pleasure. Neat. Up next, we got Jason Zbornik. He put up a couple cool posters of the crawling hand. Yeah. Pretty cool. And then lastly, on Facebook, we got Shaniner Sinister. God, this woman looks like a literal swine. Three pig emojis. Okay. And then uh, over on our... I'm just, we read them. We read everything. We're happy to have comments, even if they make sense or not. <laughs> then uh, in our uh, Facebook group, the group edition, uh, we got Colby Keefe. He says, idle hands. Yeah. That's Colby Keefe from the Gore Score on the PFPN. Mm. Then we got this lady. You might have heard of her. Her name's Terry Turford. Terry, woo! Yeah, she's back. Oh, oh, oh. And you won't be surprised, but she says, Evil Dead 2. The, right, the correct answer. I mean, correct answer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. and then Jacob McLaughlin attacker. Jacob says seconded. He agrees with Terry. And then Terry says, hands down. <laughs> and then Brian, <laughs> this funny. <laughs> yeah. That's really fun. It's changed that. there. Yep. And then Joe Nidal says, if it's a movie, then idle hands, but otherwise for a moment, it's evil dead too. Sure is. Sure is Joe. Sure is. Then we got Chris Anderson says, idle hands. So funny, guys. It's great. Oh, man. And then Eric Garland says, leprechaun. I don't know that I've seen. Is there a hand action in leprechaun? <laughs> no, I don't know. No, anybody? Okay. And then lastly, in the Facebook group, we got Tim Lennerer. He says, okay, yeah. Evil Dead 2 is the default and correct answer for this. But I also want to mention the early Amicus anthology, Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, where an art critic gets menaced by the severed hand of an artist he drove to suicide. The critic is played by Sir Christopher Lee, and the artist is Michael Goff. 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 It's classy. It's quick. It's Amicus. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> nice. a nice tagline for it him. Is. It's really good. Good job, man. Uh, and so nothing on Twitter, nothing on Instagram. What the heck, people? Come on now. But you can also leave us a voicemail, and we'll read your comments on the show. It's pretty awesome, right? I thought of a movie that deserves to be mentioned. Now, it's yeah. not straight. It's not straight about the hand, but it has to do with the whole damn arm, which is connected to the hand, and that's uh, body parts with uh, uh, Jeff Fahey. Yeah, good one, good one. That so that's that's up, yeah. technically that's technically a hand movie, right? I mean, it's the whole friggin' arm, but <laughs> yeah. You guys have any other honorable mentions you can think of? Uh, yeah, the only other one I would throw out there is like I think they had some hand action, especially at the end with uh, waxwork. Everybody needs to quit saying hand action. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is some good. It's it's very Evil Deadish too. With the with the, yeah. it, it, was it the first waxwork or the second one? I think it was the first second. One. Was it the first one? Okay. It's how old. about how about the jerk? Get it? <laughs> uh, that's great hand. Did somebody mention the Oliver Stone movie The Hand? I don't remember if that one. Oh, the one with Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Anybody else? Going once, going twice. And anyone can leave a comment on our voicemail. We'll read it on the show. You can call 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. And that's shout outs. But guess what? We're not done. Mike, guess what? What? Mike, insane Mike. Mike Reeb. All the mics. Mike's. Oh. Guess what? 
What? We, what? We have a celebrity <laughs> here to introduce the next segment. Let's listen. Everybody listen. How you doing? This is Donnie Knott for Attack of the <laughs> Kinky Penguin. <laughs> now, they want me to come on here and introduce picks, I suppose. Well, I'll tell you what. I got a bone to pick with you fuckers because they say... They say that old Petey Petey Lorray and Dickie Miller can come on here. Well, guess what? They're fucking dead. So am I. So I guess that's okay for a horror podcast. <laughs> now, I got a bone to pick. You know, this Andy Wasserman, he's an okay guy. But this Andy Griffith, I'm fucking pissed off at him. I'll tell you this. I put eight, how many damn years on that fucking Mayberry show? And I only get three guest spots on Matlock? Bullshit! God damn it! You know what? And then I get stuck with roles with the the ghost of Mister Chicken, and then I got to do voiceovers for a goddamn trout with bifocals. Bullshit! I tell you, you know what else? You know what else? I was gonna be at one time. I auditioned to be the lead singer to White Snake, but you didn't know that. Oh, no, it didn't. I'm gonna slide it in straight to the top. I'm gonna slide <laughs> it in. I ain't never gonna stop. <laughs> yeah, like that shit. <laughs> David Copperfield Coverdale, my ass. If it would have been my way, Tony Katon would be rubbing her beaver all over a Mayberry squad car. <laughs> God damn it. Show business is bullshit. They should have picked me. Yeah, me and Tony could have worked something out. I could have worked it back in, too. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Donnie signing off. Here's Insane Mike's Picks. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Furley. Oh, oh my God! Every time, every 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 episode, I'm like, okay, this is gonna be the one. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay calm. I'm gonna keep my composure. I'm not uh-huh. gonna. Uh-huh. Oh, and it's just funnier than the previous one. God, God damn it! Um, Damn hell! Okay. Uh, so to continue with the inductees in the, the Insane's Picks Hall of Fame, I picked a filmmaker who has had just about as much bad luck in the film industry as Ed Wood. Uh, probably even more so since this guy you've probably never heard of, but uh, you've definitely heard of Ed Wood. I'm talking about the failed film career of Alfred Soule. Alfred Soule's biggest claim to fame was the film Alice Sweet Alice, but before and at, and especially after that movie, Alfred could not catch a break with his movies. He made his film debut, like a lot of filmmakers trying to break out in the 1970s, with a tongue-in-cheek hardcore parody porn called Deep Sleep in 1972, which starred 70s porn stars, superstars as Harry Reams and Georgina um, Splevin. It won first prize at the New York Erotic Film Festival and was made for $25,000. Unfortunately... Starting uh, Alfred's bad luck, uh, the movie was pulled from theaters on charges that it was obscene and all prints were confiscated. 
Soul's next film was his his opus, the one he's known for. Um, I guess you could say uh, the superbly atmospheric horror film Alice Sweet Alice. It fared much better with critics and audiences alike. It won first prize at Chicago Film Festival <clears throat> and garnered highly positive reviews from critics, even such critics as Robert Ebert, Roger Ebert. Uh, the film also at the time featured an unknown Brooke Shields in her film debut debut, but it too did poorly at the box office due to spotty distribution due to poor handling of the licensing rights. It eventually just ended up in public domain. Next for soul <clears throat> was the weird and kinky softcore fantasy film, Tanya's Island from 1980, which vanity before being discovered by Prince acted under the pseudonym DD winters. The movie is a very the movie has a very cool but also odd-looking ape costume creature designed by Rob Bottin. <clears throat> Tanya's Island is about this sexy model who lives with her violent painter boyfriend, Lobo. Uh, she dreams of getting away from her abusive boyfriend and ends up escaping to a deserted island. The, <clears throat> the only other being on the island is, is an enormous blue-eyed ape man who she befriends the beast and nicknames him Blue. Although soon she begins to have feelings of a strange attraction towards the creature. Unfortunately, this film, like the others, suffered from another non-existent theatrical distribution. <clears throat> Soul's next film as a director, his, his final feature film, was the parody slasher movie spoof and my favorite of his uh, filmography, Pandemonium from 1982, which has an amazing all-star cast, including... Tom, Tommy Smothers, Phil Hartman, Tab Hunter, uh, <clears throat> Elaine Brennan, Carol Kane, Judd Rein, Judge Reinhold, Paul Rubens, John Paragon, uh, David L. Lander, and more, all doing their best with a very poor juvenile script. Again, it was a complete and total commercial flop for souls. Last thing he directed, and I talked about in what we watched, is the Groundlings comedy special called Cheese Ball Presents, which also has Phil Hartman, John Paragon, and Paul Rubens, actually as Pee Wee Herman in this special, uh, that were all in Pandemonium. <clears throat> so obviously, um, Al Alfred Souls had some kind of connection with the, uh, the Groundlings at this time. <clears throat> I can find so little about this special. Uh, it contains nudity and adult humor. Uh, that, would, that would mean it would definitely wouldn't have played on commercial television. So I don't know. I don't know who this is for, or where it was from, or how it was made, or where it was even shown. <clears throat> but knowing Soul's luck, it probably never even aired. Uh, fed up with his failed career as a director and studio politics, Alfred Soul called it a day as a director in 1982 and went on to become a successful production designer. He worked on such projects as Halloween Town High, uh, Wishmaster 2, Glory Days, Bodily Harm, and also worked on TV shows such as Veronica Mars. <clears throat> so, buck up, little campers. Alfred Soul's story does have a happy ending. Even though his time as a director is behind him, we induct him here into the Insane's Picks Hall of Fame for having the guts to keep going after each film doing worse and worse and not having the common sense to do more traditional commercial commercially acceptable films that may <clears throat> maybe would have brought him more success but instead has one of the oddest and diverse director's filmographies that haunt these hollowed halls here at Insane's Picks Hall of Fame so our inductee for this episode Alfred Soul 
So that's it for this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Hopefully you'll give it two thumbs up. Hands down, this one was pretty good. I want to thank our very special guest, Mike Reeve, for lending us a hand tonight. Thank you for having me on. It's always a good time. Yeah, great having you back, man. We've missed you for sure. Uh, especially this year, since we don't get to run into you to convent into you at oh, convent yeah. more. So, uh, we will again. Yes, one Absolutely. day. Absolutely. So, until next time, I'll hand it to you. If you were if you were to tell me one day that I would do a show about killer hand movies, I would have told you to get a grip. Ooh, nailed it! Talk to you soon <laughs> on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no! Could this be the end of? Oh my gosh, that was a good episode. Am I right, guys? Mm. I know. Woo. I know what you're thinking. That's pretty good. You want to help support the show? You're like, how can I become an official attacker? How can I be part of this special community? Well, it's easy. You just go to jointheattackers.com, sign up, and boom, with your boomstick, you are part of the greatest horror community in the world. Jointheattackers.com and become an attacker today. <laughs>